0: Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1398 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Thursday evening into Friday. And today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And I'm joined on today's podcast by my friend, Tyler Jones. He's a friend of the podcast, been on the show many times. As we, uh, if you're a new listener, you may not know this, but if you're a recurring listener, you will know that Tyler and I have a lot of fun when we talk. We usually get going, going long. And this is actually going to be part one of two with me and tyler so part two should be available in your feed when you're done with part one so stay tuned for that in particular but we talk about all kinds of stuff on the show the deadline coming up the way the hawks been playing recently Jalen johnson and AJ griffin and trey young and Ajante murray and john collins and the bench and all that fun stuff it's a uh, smorgasbord to be sure and a fun conversation to be had after no delay we'll have the intro i'll be back with my friend tyler jones you are locked on hawks your daily atlanta hawks podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm joined now by my friend, uh, occasional, maybe regular contributor to this podcast. I think by far the most requested guest that I have on the show. Tyler Jones is back. Hello, sir. Welcome back.
1: I've been unbanned, guys. You know, That's, you were never banned. That's not so, true. So glad, you know, never banned. I said so. I said some mean things on Twitter about a certain family. <laughs> uh, That's that is not what happened. So you uh, know, like, I'm gl- I'm really glad to be back, though. You know, it's it's great. You know, the Hawks organization, great organization, first rate organization. Uh, we love to see it here.
0: Yeah, it's been a nice quiet uh, month plus for the Hawks. Uh, obviously, we have plenty to discuss on this show. We'll probably take some twists and turns along the way. I do want to at least start with the way they've been playing recently. The Hawks uh, now, as we are talking on Thursday night into Friday, are twenty five and twenty four. They're the eighth seed in the East. That's also though they're close. They're closer to twelve than five. So they're uh, as you've been talking about a lot on Twitter. Basically, no teams are good this year in the league. Everybody's kind of around five hundred in both in both conferences, and the Hawks are basically with a loss can go from like eight to twelve in one day, or go from eight to six in one day, kind of thing. It's it's been bouncing around a lot, and they had not been playing all that well until recently. Like if you go back a month to Christmas, let's say they're eight and eight since then. That's not great. Uh, oh, oh, eight and eight. Eight and eight's not go, great. but if you, if you want to be if you want to frame it more positively, you could say they're six and two in the last eight games. That's a pretty, pretty nice run. They won that, they won the five in a row, and they lost two in a row, and then they won last night. A pretty good win, I thought, actually, against Oklahoma City. It wasn't a perfect game by any means, but a nice road win. And they've been scoring a lot better. They're actually top five in offense in the last eight games. Um, making threes, Tyler 42 percent from three in that in that stretch, but of course. To top it all off, they are still dead last in the league in attempts from three, which is uh, certainly on brand. Uh, I want to know mean, what you've been a, seeing offense, recently. Well, I mean, it is it is it, it is the offense, although it has been working more. <laughs> Knock on wood, the offense has been better recently, but uh, the process maybe not so much.
1: I mean, it helps when Dejounte Murray is taking threes and making them. It, like honestly, he's been yeah. making threes at a reasonable rate all year, even though he shoot he's shooting out of his mind currently. But like, he's been a a better three-point shooter than Trey Young so it's like you know that's been a so that's been a boom um AJ AJ's rounding in the form uh Jalen's you know Jalen's playing well John Collins actually making a three-pointer now every game basically so that's good though it doesn't really change much anything um <laughs> so like I mean you know offensively hard to argue with the results uh I could wish that, you know, they play with more force on offense, you know, maybe involve the bigs more consistently so that it's easier for everybody. We get easier looks from the three point line. But yeah, you know, I can't complain too much. You you, you, you putting up one thirty basically every night, it's kinda hard to nitpick. Um it's good it's good to see Trey Young these last two weeks or so like play like, you know, the all NBA player that, you know, we all know he is. So That's really. I think that's probably been the biggest difference. Like Trey, is playing a lot better, um, uh, and it feels like he's more like connected with his team, and um, he's just doing more. He's just doing more for what you would you need your best player to do. And so that's really. I feel like that's been the biggest biggest difference during the stretch. Plus Dejounte not missing shots. Like he just doesn't miss anymore. So you know. Couple weeks ago, I was like, "He needs to play like Lonzo Ball," and he's just like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be me. Play like, you know, Dejounte Murray. You know, made the All Star team last year. and Shut this Tyler Jones guy. And I'm like, he got. It. So I can't, I can't, I can't complain. Can't complain too much overall about the team. I, you just really wish you, cause you, I mean, it's tough. You watch how the Thunder play. And it's like would it be that difficult to run a modern offense where everybody touches the ball consistently and everybody feels like they're involved in the team and everybody's having fun? No. Sometimes the Hawks do that. Sometimes it's just Trey Young, DeJounte, you know, it's, it's our era, baby. You know, it's (laughs) one, two, that's it. So like, I mean, it's, it's working now it's working now and they are, I mean, they have been moving the ball a lot better recently, so that's been a boom. But you still wish, you know, as a fan of the team, I, I really wish the Hawks would play with more consistent ball movement. Uh, put it
0: that way. Yeah, I mean, I think that when they've been at their best, the ball is moving more. And that's it's not a coincidence. It's not always a one-to-one. Like, they, they can be great offensively without doing it. We've seen that at times recently, too. Like, when either Trey or DeJounte are both really have it going – they're capable of being good enough where they still can be awesome without losing the ball a ton. But I I, I obviously tend to agree with you about the uh, way the offense tends to not flow at times. And Murray, I said it like, I think Murray, uh, I think other than, I think he was yelling um, about you, like by name, actually, in recent days, like, oh, that Tower Jones guy, I'll show him Lonzo Ball. No, uh, that didn't happen. But I think that he just made a bunch of jump shots for a while, which is like, I'm not trying to be, like negative about it, he was probably due for some positive aggression and he decided to have a week yeah. where he just missed a shot. Yeah. And that, that happens and it's good. You, you take advantage of that. And him trying to find his balance, like he's kind of fallen off a little bit the last couple of games. I thought he was pretty brutal actually, most of the second half in Oklahoma City. And then he made two big plays at the end. He made the one big shot and then the block at the end, which is nice. Um, But I mean, people were asking me today about like Trey and Ajante and how they fit together and like – Simply what it is like for the season is that they've been pretty good together and they've been okay-ish when Trey plays without DeJounte. And when DeJounte plays without Trey, it's really bad. And that's, it's still kind of a small sample size. And it's only a half season. And you're talking about like a segmented half of a season, but you know, part of the theory was in doing the Murray Trey, was bringing in this guy who could maybe uh, boost your offense or kind of carry your offense when Trey's off the floor. And, like, look, it's not all him. I want to be very clear about that. It's it's not all on DeJounte, but because of the way the Hawks built this team, you and I have been very uh, repetitive about this, but it's still the case, and it really looms over everything, that they need more depth. But Murray has not been capable of just being Trey Young, basically. When they ask him to carry that unit, he can't do it. And that's not his fault, necessarily. It's just he's not good enough to do that, and the numbers when Trey's off the floor and DeJounte's on are really bad. Now, last night in Oklahoma City, it was one of those times when I actually – didn't happen. So maybe there's a little bit of recency bias. I got to push back about this. I'm like, look, I'm not saying it's every single game, but the numbers are the numbers for the full season. Like they have a minus 10 net rating with Trey off the floor and DeJounte on the floor. Like that is, that's the Rockets basically. That's that's a terrible basketball team with, with DeJounte on and Trey off. Now it's not anybody's fault. It's just, the reality. So I wonder what you make of that, because you know I, I saw at one point you kind of called for the end of the stagger. That's been that's become a popular I, I, opinion recently. I,
1: I still, I'm still calling. Well, for the I, end I of the wonder stagger. about
0: that just because I don't think it's necessarily about the stagger not working. I think it's also just like they have they have no offensive plan when Trey's off the floor. Still,
1: well, that's can, the pr- that's the, the overall thing. problem. They don't have an offensive structure. The offensive structure is it's the same. I mean, it's the same problem. You know, nothing's actually changed. It's Trey Young's offense. Yeah, and, and then with, with when more Trae Young's mismatch, with, with more
0: mismatch hunting, basically. Like Nate Nate likes on certain nights, he's a big fan, and he he'll say this like it's not a secret. He will find a mismatch, and that's kind of his plan B when it's not like the primary stuff that you know Trey's offense working. But uh they don't have as many mismatch guys to hunt with this year. Like Gallo for all of Gallo's weaknesses wasn't was a regular part of that mismatch hunting, and he's not there anymore. Bogey can't move anymore. But it was anymore.
1: also, I mean, but to be <laughs> fair, it was also bad offense too. Like it was, it was, pretty pretty it was fadeaways from Gallinari, and I'm like, okay, it looks good when it goes in, but we're not getting to the free throw line. We're not generating open three pointers. Like
0: well, that was the other thing about that. Uh, when when I, I posted the numbers today, when when uh, Trey is off and Dejounte is on, they are first percentile in free throw attempt rate. So they just never, ever, ever get to the line without Trey. And Trey's the only guy on the team that does, that gets to the line with any regularity at all.
1: You know who would help with that? If they let him touch the basketball and do stuff with it? Jalen Johnson.
0: I mean, like, I, I, I don't go I, as far there, as
1: something. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I'll say this. Because the Bulls game really sticks out to me. The fourth quarter where – they start the fourth quarter, and the Bulls did a really good job of just pressuring up on DeJounte Murray and Bogey from bringing the ball up the floor. So it was difficult for the Hawks to get into their sets. But meanwhile, Jalen Johnson's being guarded by DeMar DeRozan. And I'm like, <laughs> just let Jalen run the offense. Like, he can do it. Just, you know, and he's shown, like, it's been in spurts, but, like, he's shown real – like, to me, Jalen's at the point now where I'm like, I would like to see Jalen – be more of a focal point on the team. Like there was a possession, even in an OKC game where AJ Griffin grabbed the rebound. He had Jalen streaking, but he just waited to get the ball to Johnson. Cause that's how the team plays. Like they play, we play through our yep. point guards exclusively. And I'm like, if you want to change, like you have somebody like this mutant in Jalen Johnson, who's able to do different things and doesn't have a position, even though he only gets to play one position for the Hawks for some <laughs> reason we'll set that aside but like yeah I'm like if you want a guy who's able to get to the rim play with physicality force like force somebody to commit a foul just because of how big he is and how good his handle is for his size like I feel like Jalen is a good option just to put take some pressure off DeJounte and bulky uh, and and get open three-point looks like you saw a little bit of that in the OKC game where he got A.J. Griffin uh, going a couple of times and he didn't do anything special. He made one dribble. He sucked in the help and he passed it off to A.J. front open three pointer. It's like. Let him do more of that, like we got this guy, like use him, I, I, you know, instead of just what 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 the standard like, you know, I, I don't I'm not I'm done talking about the John Collins situation here in Atlanta. <laughs> it's just like they they have they have decided their course of action. And they did and I'm like, they've just decided all their power forwards are just gonna stand in the corner and and be make or miss guys. And it's like, you know, there's but like even within the flow of their offense, I feel like like when especially when Trey's off the floor, like that's a good opportunity to get Jalen a part of the offense and allow him to show off a little bit of his uh versatility as a basketball player.
0: The NFL playoffs are ongoing, and we are very excited about our new sportsbook partner for the Locked on Podcast Network, and that is the number one sportsbook in America, that is FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features to make sports betting fun and easy for you, and new customers can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. And FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money lines to point spreads to totals, game props, player props, and much more. Plus, you can combine your bets together for a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Championship Sunday is coming up in the NFL with two games projected to be very, very close on Sunday between the Chiefs and the Bengals, as well as the Niners and Eagles. Plus. All the stuff with the Hawks that you are looking for, including Saturday's game against the Clippers, it's all there at FanDuel. You can do it all in an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Football fans, basketball fans, don't miss out on this offer from FanDuel. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the
1: NFL. Yeah,
0: they're they're different players, but the Collins-Jalen thing, not only positionally, but in the fact that they're not, they don't magnify their strengths. And like I said, like, like you said, we don't have to do the college thing and we've done it every time we talk basically, but with Jalen, you know, I think smart Hawks fans that I've seen have talked about, you know, Jalen quote unquote running the second unit. And I I think that's a little bit further than I want to go. I think it's more about kind of what you said in that it's not just treating Jalen like he can't do anything on offense. It's not that he has to have the ball in his hands all the time, but, I mean, this is not a – I guess maybe it's future-facing, and Nate famously doesn't do development, as he said. That was his quote. Developing
1: but, is over, Brad, so we're not going to see any progression.
0: So, no but even, even if you ignored that, which I, I, you shouldn't, even if you did, I think even the, even right now, the best way to – if you're going to have to play Jalen, and I think they should and they do, is to use his skill set. And he's not like a primary creator. Like He's not going to run your system for you, but he can create – and he's, he's more comfortable with the ball in his hands than all the bigs. Like, he's much better than John. Like, you and I love John Collins. Jalen is much better as a like initiator than John is, just naturally. He's had the ball in his hands his whole life. Like, Jalen Johnson is comfortable like that.
1: For Capello, the fourth-size yeah. fourth players, like, he's the best on the team, not named. Oh, like, yeah, Hunter's, I mean. He Hunter, might be, like, yeah, better Hunter's
0: than Hunter. a, Yeah, Hunter's a better, like, if you want a 15-footer, Hunter can get to it. But as far as like, get if you want someone situation. to actually initiate offense for other people in addition to themselves, it's definitely a Jalen of guys who are taller than Bogey, basically, on the roster. And also, he's, while well, he's been shooting the better from three recently, Jalen is not a proven spot up shooter. So, like, you think Collins doesn't, doesn't get guarded. Jalen really doesn't get guarded, like, at all. Teams like, nobody, still, teams
1: they don't guard, Jaylen. close out the Collins. Teams actually still close out the Collins. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, they don't guard Jalen. Like, he takes – and
0: look, I think eventually he's going to make enough of those we will we'll start getting guarded more. I think recently he's been shooting pretty well on threes. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But it's stark that he does not get guarded out there. So if you're playing him, in particular with, with Capella, you have these two guys. One of them can't space, and the other one yeah. can a little bit but doesn't get guarded. And that means the defense kind of just contracts around you. So one way to get around that is to have Jalen have the ball more, in particular with, with DeJounte. If you're going to play with Trey off the floor – I think the way to really operate, other than just having DeJounte run the same ISO slash high screen and take 15 floaters every possession, is like if, you, if DeJounte needs to play off, they run stuff through Bogey. That's okay too. But maybe just occasionally, you know, run something through Jalen. Like, have Jalen have the ball in his hands a little bit. It's not as easy as I'm making it sound, but it's also not as difficult as they make it look sometimes with the way that they use right. him. And he shouldn't have usage that's that, that small because. Long term, I know I said it I just to sort of ignore the, the long term, but big picture, long term, you draft this guy last year. Yeah, it was it was the twentieth pick, but everyone agreed he was a lottery talent. He falls to you. He never plays for a year. Now he's playing, and in two years, the path for Jalen Johnson to be a really good NBA starter involves him having the ball in his hands. He's never going to be a di- a dynamic shooter like. He's a skill set that's unique, and that's also why he maybe is kind of a tough fit some places. But I think for him to actually be what he could be, they gotta give him reps with the ball. Like he's a, he's never gonna be the primary guy, but you know you ha- he can't he cannot be. He's not a he's not a pick and roll guy. He can he can do it, but he's not like John Collins where like yeah, even when John's being underutilized, like we talked about a million, a million times, he's still re- he's he's still really good because he's, because he can shoot, he can roll to the rim, he can defend, and Jalen can do those things. But I think it's a lot harder for Jalen Johnson to become a really good player without those on-ball opportunities. He kind of has to do
1: that some. He's not a natural roller. Like, he's not a natural big man. Like, when they – I think early in the season, they tried to run, like, the John Collins package, which is – it's not a package. But, like, you know, they ran some – But as a role, I mean – It's just not his – it's not his – it's not his game. It's not a jalen
0: was jalen i'm not i'm not trying to overstate jalen was a top three recruit in that class and jalen despite being 6'9 6'10 was essentially playing point guard in high school and i know a lot of, a lot of guys do that but he was playing at the highest levels of like you know UIBL, all that stuff like he was a prospect that he was not i mean i i, I don't I, I don't like the term point forward i don't think he's ever gonna be a, a true point forward but he played that way in high school and even at Duke, some when he was still there, he had the ball in his hands a lot. Like he's not—he's not just a pick and roll guy, which is why it's kind of funny that he's played. I, I always make this kind of—it's not even a joke—he's played more center professionally than small forward. Like he doesn't play anything yeah. but big spots in Atlanta, but he does have the ball in his. He's, he's more comfortable with, his, with the ball in his hands than, than basically. I don't want to say every guy has every guy his size, but ninety-five percent of the guys his size, he has more comfort on the ball than those guys.
1: Yeah. So I, I mean saying all that so I, I i have been impressed with his uh recent stretch you know granted Nate sometimes decided not to play him for because we're only gonna play eight guys when our when his when the eight good you know when the, Nate's eight guys are healthy those are the guys <laughs> who play 35 plus minutes every game back to back three days and four days three <laughs> games and four nights or something like that like he's only playing eight guys so it's like it's tough for Jalen to get you know, consistent it, but like. And they, are, they also trust Aaron, too.
0: Yeah, no, I, I've i really been, it's tough because I don't want to, I'm in this spot always where I'm trying to give the rational side of things where Hawks fans are really mad about Jalen not playing more, and I, I'm actually on their side. I think Jalen should play more. I also understand kind of what Nate is doing because I think he's feeling the pressure and feeling the heat. He's overplaying guys, and I get why, but I think there, there should be a dedicated Spot for Jalen every night, and if he's terrible in the first half, you can bury him in the second half. If it's a close game, I have no problem with that at all. But having a whole first half basically this season and not playing Jalen Johnson, there's no reason for it. And I, and I know there Nate is probably above most coaches in the league focused on that night, but like he just needs to play. And I think recently there was only a couple games in the last like six weeks where he truly de- like DNP'd. One of them yeah. was the one of them was the Warriors game, and I know people were mad about that but the Warriors are, like, the matchup in the league that is, like, most difficult to prepare for, and Nate doesn't trust Jalen yet on that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying that's one that I at least kind of understand. The other one was the Heat game, and he played eight guys in that game. So, literally eight guys. So, it was like – Yeah, and
1: the Heat, I, I I mean, the heat game, you know, it was national TV, so I guess, you know, Jalen had to earn his strike.
0: It's okay it's it's Day. They were trying to try get, yeah, try get the win in front of the home fans. I get all that. But, no, I think that he should play, and, like, he's still – a work in progress like I don't think that suddenly Jalen is proven that's the other step of this where there's a whole discussion we could have or not have about like the future if they move John we'll save that for the, for later I guess but like I don't think that you can just assume Jalen Johnson is your for the future yet but I think he definitely could be like he's a really good a really good player he's got a lot more to prove and I, I kind of just wish they would let him do a little bit more and a little bit more because he's not going to ever be to bring it full circle. Like the guy that you can like put in a little box. He's a six nine six ten guy who isn't going to be a great shooter and like has to kind of have the ball and isn't going to be this like dominant player in any one area, but he does a lot of things well. And he's really skilled. So it's an, it's not an easy evaluation. It's kind of, it's kind of the same thing, kind of different than the problems that I think this very traditional old school coaching staff have, with the point guards I mean, that's, uh, that's I mean
1: this it's, th- it's, this is the issue like Jalen yeah. doesn't fit what or he doesn't it's not that he doesn't fit but like Nate does not play through bigs. like he he he. Glenn uh Glenn Willis uh uh formerly of ATL in 29 hopefully they're still doing something
0: but I think they're gonna keep going and by the way I should say this now I, I uh I hate I hate that so uh I know I kind of work still for Vox, so I'm not gonna go crazy. But
1: uh, oh no, I wasn't I wasn't. No no no.
0: I I, I'm gonna say uh, if you don't know this by now, uh, Glenn and Kevin, who we love, even though I'm a I'm a rival of Kevin's on paper, we're we're actually friends, and. That podcast got nixed by Vox, which I hate. They have said they're going to keep going. I hope they do. So I just want to say that yeah, now. Want to, want to say that now while Towers, while I was Towers talking about Glenn because he's been on the show many times. So is Kevin. Those guys do a great show, and if, if they're still doing it, you should be following them. There's plenty of room for both podcasts. Those guys are awesome. There
1: you go. Yeah, and I, I was just going to say um, Glenn had made the point on on one of their recent podcasts uh, that um, you know Nate play. He's a traditional coach, like play through your guards, play to limit your turnovers. So he was a guard in the NBA. He was, guard. I know. I know. And that's why, that's why Trey, that's why Trey liked him. Well, liked him past tense, but you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, to me, you got these multi-talented big men in a Congo, Jalen, even John a little bit. Um, You got to play through them in order to maximize their talent and their value. Like it's, this is the game today. Like, they the hawks like they it's just it's just an inefficiency of theirs where they're they're leaving they're leaving uh good stuff on the table like they're just not eating it like it's it's free food they should be looking for jalen every time they grab a defensive rebound and he's streaking up the floor and the defense isn't set throw him the basketball i mean that is literally that's a that's that's an advantage like i would would
0: argue that i would argue that's probably jalen's Single best skill right now exactly. today is his transition offense because he is a
1: monster. Like end to they end, need to, it it needs to be a priority. I get the yep. rebound. The first player I'm looking for is Jalen Johnson because that's an easy two points yeah, or right. an, an, and one opportunity. Like and that's ways to get to buy time while Trey Young's off the bench to get efficient offense. Like they don't have to wait for Dejounte Murray. Wait for Trey Young when when you got somebody like Jalen on the floor, um, so that's that's just something. I mean, I, like to me, I'm like, or you know, if you want to cut the stagger, which I <laughs> I still think they should, because a negative ten, a negative ten, yeah, without Trey uh, on the floor, like hilarious. that's so bad. You got to try something else. Like it, it, it's it, just it like, is
0: bad. It, I I get why they don't, um, only because. If you're playing, if you're not staggering them, you're going to have, let's say, even with Nate pushing hard, you're going to have 10 minutes a game where you don't have a lead creator on the, on the floor. And because I, I I know Aaron Holiday is 5'10. Aaron Holiday is, I think this is, I'm going I'm to give Kevin credit for this, but Aaron Holiday is a 5'10 3D wing. That's what Aaron Holiday is. He can't create anything. And Bogey has been a good secondary ball handler in the past. He has a lot less juice than he's had in the past. That's pretty clear. So, like, you don't have a guy to run your offense. And now Jalen can do a little bit of that, as we just talked about. But that's my 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 argument against it. If you were going to make one, would be, I know that's bad. I know minus ten is bad, and I like they're like I don't think like like very bad offensively and all that stuff. I think it probably could be worse. We we've seen them be worse than that actually with Trey. Just because if you think about it practically, at least recently, I think and maybe this has helped the stats, I should, I should look at this up in the, more, in the more recent times. I think what you probably need to do before you just get rid of the stagger is to just like intentionally for a while give DeJounte bogey and AJ and Jalen and try to like play, uh, just play more egalitarian, like not have DeJounte just do DeJounte. But I think that honestly, I don't know if this was Nate or just the way he thought, you know, coming in with a trade or whatever, it feels like he thinks he has to do it on his own when Trey's off the court. He plays yeah. that way. It's like the light comes on and he's like, oh, I'm back in San Antonio, I'm gonna cook again. But and I get it. Like, look, he's trying to be a max player in a year and the numbers and all that stuff, like it's it's part of the reality. But he's just and this, he's a good, he's a really good player. I'm not saying otherwise, he's not good enough to just do it on his own. And sometimes he tries to do it on his own, and that doesn't, it's not it's obviously not producing the results they want. So I think just putting like It's not going to fix it, but if they give A.J. a little more and they give Jalen a little more and have Bogey out there for the spacing, you at least have more of a chance. It's just that I haven't seen that happen very much.
1: Yeah, it's just – to me, like, the biggest thing is that DeJounte's not the organizer that Trey Young is. on offense, And so, like, that's a – that's really the – because it's not a talent thing. Like, I I think these lineups with DeJounte plus, you know, whoever – should work, uh, based on the talent they have on the team. It's just because they play such they play such boring. a straight ahead. Know, no straight uh, ahead. Trey Young does everything high uh, honestly his style. It, it's hard to break away from that when when he's off the floor. Like this is, is like, going to you know, sound
0: it's going to sound funny, but I actually think that Dejounte and the way that it's not work when Trey's off the court. It's not. It's frustrating, and we've just said that. I think, honestly, it's kind of a reminder—at least it should be—of how good Trey is. Honestly, well, yeah. Because, and look, Trey has his weaknesses, and I think everyone should acknowledge that. But, like, if you watch this team every night, you know, this year in particular, this is a different rabbit we want to go down. But Hawks fans—not everybody—but I don't know about you—I've seen a lot more negativity about Trey this year than ever before.
1: I, why, why would that be?
0: Well, number one, he's not playing as well, but but even when him not playing that well, that's him not playing that well for him. Like the fact that basically every time he's on the court, even in a season where he's not playing that well, which we agree, he's still an offense to himself. The Hawks are still good on offense when he's on, when he's on the floor, almost regardless of what's happening around him, because he is ridiculous. And it's not like I'm the biggest Trey Young stan in the world. It's just a reminder that like the Hawks make it the difficulty really really high. Like that's part of the reason why Dejounte is struggling. But because Trey is so freaking good, he can overcome it. Whereas like you can't expect Dejounte to overcome it because it's not that good. And he's a really good player, but he's not Trey. And uh, they should press more easy buttons. That's for sure. Like that's more of a football term in some ways. But like the Hawks just don't do a lot to make it easy on their guys. And that's a Nate problem. And that's going back to when they promoted Nate I was kind of the one flashing the light like Nate McMillan's the guy the same guy he's always been and that's his weakness like if all the things that you could say about Nate, about Nate his number one drawback dating back to Indiana dating back to Seattle was that offensively he doesn't run like he doesn't he's not a creative mind and that it just I talk about it all the time and I probably could do even more about it but it just becomes repetitive topic but we, we just know it's just that's just that is a drawback to this
1: staff and that's yeah here we are I mean, and i like, I don't want to belabor that point right. because that's you know that's the it's the obvious point. It's like
0: that's why I don't say it every every single show, but it's like. But I mean, I have that's to the, remind that, everybody. That's what it is. That
1: is the reality. It, it's it's just like you know, I mean, that's the thing. Even though you know defenses statistically are down, like defensive schemes are so much better than than at any point just because of how good every offensive player is. So like, if you're if you're not taking the easy stuff, like, you just make – you 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 shrink your margins. You shrink your margins. And it's why – like, to me, it's a big reason why they struggle when Capella's off the floor. I mean, Capella's not available because, A, he's not grabbing offensive rebounds, and the defensive rebounds become an issue, so we're losing that possession battle. And then the other thing is that Capella's really good defensively; like He's one of the best defenders in the NBA. And it's just really hard to replace that uh, when it's yep. going from Capella to Frank Kaminsky, uh, <laughs> you know,
0: or even or even Kongu, who we both like, but a is just a very different player than Capella. They're just very different, very very different.
1: Yeah, players. yeah, and, and um, I don't know. So I mean, they 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 got. I mean, the Hawks are kind of in a crossroads with a lot of things. Like they got some decisions to make. and
0: we'll we'll get to that in a second. I promise you. But uh, uh, anyway, no, it's. We, we both wish they were a little bit more creative and that is part of the thing with Trey and DeJounte. It's part of the thing with Jalen. Um, we should at least mention in an effort to be kind of positive AJ Griffin, who's playing really well. Ooh. And AJ Griffin is a rookie who's 19. And uh, I have, I, I will say, I've seen some pretty funny takes about AJ Griffin on the positive side. Like you would think he's already a multi-time all NBA player on some of these tweets, but also, He's really good man like he's he just makes every shot it's insane uh, he's nineteen years old and uh in the future if they let's just say for an example I've said that I don't think Nate will be back next year just put it out there let's say if he was we're gonna have that same conversation about AJ again about about the lack of uh, inno- innovation because right now AJ's usage rate is really low and AJ, and AJ's assist rate is like very 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 small and like he's basically Only a shooter score right now. He does nothing else.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's the defined. (laughs) That's the role he's in. That's the role he's in. No, Uh, it's not his fault. It's really tough watching AJ Griffin because every once in a while, he'll just do a move. And it's like, you know, he could probably run an offense for a bit, you know, like with his handle and his size and like, let, you know. That's
0: the hope. in the. I think the hope in the future realistically on AJ Griffin is that he's not, I don't think he's going to be. A, a number one score creator, but I think he could be your number two, which means, you, and, and your number two has to, has to be able to create for others. And right now that's what he's not doing, but I think it's more about him not being asked to do that. They basically have to, put him in this. I think it was my friend, Andrew Kelly says to me offline. So uh, I think it's basically like they've said, all right, all right, AJ go out there. You have a green light to shoot, but we don't want you to turn the ball over. We just want you to either well, shoot or well, swing. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Essentially.
0: yeah. <laughs> it's like, we don't, we don't want you to cook. We just want you to be 19 and go out there and shit. And it's honestly, this is going to sound hilarious. I, I think that was the only realistic way Nate was going to play him, which is crazy. Yeah. Cause like, obviously he should be playing. We all agree. He has been playing. It just played in 40 straight games. I would have lost that bet. Tyler. If you asked me preseason, is AJ going to play in 40 straight games? I'd have been like, no, no. Change. I would have won
1: it. I would have won the bet.
0: I would have lost. Uh... So that's that, me. I would have lost. But Nate famously doesn't love young guys. So I think that I think the, the, the compromise was basically them telling AJ, "Look, we want you to shoot whatever you want, but that's all we want you to do in offense is shoot." And that's kind of what's happened so far. Well, it's, yeah, it's no, a no
1: developing, no developing.
0: So well, <laughs> goes, yeah, full circle on that. But uh, no, I mean, I, I think that the future of those two guys. Like, I'm not saying that AJ and Jalen are going to be the next wave of the Hawks. Like, I think AJ is probably going to be part of that. But that's an encouraging thing that like it's hard to talk about a ton right now because the Hawks are in the middle of kind of a win now-ish mode and they're 500 and there's frustration. But like, it seems like, you know, honestly, beyond seems like they they nailed the AJ pick and it's, I, I think Jalen's shown enough to where you gotta be pretty encouraged about him so far too. So like that's two young, two young guys in the pipeline because of the artificial constraint of luxury tax. It's important to have two guys making very little money who are good. That's very helpful. Uh, So anyway, uh, yeah, that's nice positive since, segment there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 also it's kind of hard to say anything about AJ because he's just like good, I, and that's kind of a, yeah. you know he's nineteen and he's really good at everything that he's allowed to do on the floor. I, he's a I pro just too wish,
0: already. He's he's a yeah, pro. He he's, a pro. He, he's nineteen, but and that's I don't want to over I don't want to over attribute it to him being a son of an NBA player, but this is a son of an NBA player who like he plays like a guy who knows how to play already, and he's nineteen and like. Not only the, the makeup and the way he operates, but even the body. Like, there is no chance you would know he was 19 if you didn't know. You know what I mean? If you're just yeah, watching that guy yeah. on the court, combination of the way he looks, the way that he's already thick and strong, the way he makes the right decisions most of the time. Like, he plays like, not like a 30 year old, but he's not a 19 year old on the court in really any way other than just knowing how old he is.
1: Yep, and loves vanilla wafers off the court, apparently.
0: Uh, he got flamed. John, your our guy John Collins Man. was flaming, was flaming AJ about that too. If you missed that, AJ, Man, so, uh,
1: basically, I, I saw it. I saw it. I, I, oh, I'm, I'm saying oh, for, for, ahead, the listener, for the listener,
0: for the listener. Well, you you can tee it up, but like AJ gave one of those like jumbotron interviews or something. You know, it was one of those things about like, was it favorite snack? Was that the was that the phrase? Yeah,
1: favorite snack. It was something, something like it was something. I, I just know he answered favorite snack as. Uh,
0: as yeah. Vanilla wafers, vanilla wafers. And like everyone on the team was killing him. But John like did it in front of the media. Like John was like roasting him to reporters about AJ and it was. It got, I think he, he threw a uh,
1: Jamila uh, Johnson. Jamila
0: Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Jamila. Johnson Jamila. Uh, she
1: she, uh, uh, she uh, tweeted that John, after he gave the answer, John threw a towel at him. <laughs> like during well, and, the game. And he's, so. and, he's, and,
0: he's a, and he's a rookie and they roast him. And like everybody, I will say like, we never, even if I'm around the team a lot, uh, you never know these guys. Everybody loves AJ, everybody, and like you, you, I, he gets kind of poked fun about for like you know AJ Gospel and like all that stuff. But like everybody, everybody that I've come into contact with loves AJ, and that's not how it is for every player. I'm not saying anybody's a bad guy, but like AJ, so far in my experience, has a 100 percent. Wait, wait a minute. Point.
1: Hold on, Time out, Brad. You mean there are players and other guys maybe? don't in, like that
0: much in the nba there are guys in the nba, in the NBA, with, in the NBA list, of course 100 approval ratings yeah that, that's the case but no i mean even like like support staff like everybody everybody loves aj and i'm sure it's you know he, he knows he's a rookie and he's got his head down and he's doing the rookie stuff and he's getting chick-fil-a for guys and doing all that stuff but like um no I, anyway aj's been awesome so that's a huge bright spot like every time i get asked like on a radio hit or something like that what's the number one bright spot of the season it's it's probably AJ. I mean, isn't it? I, yeah. mean, I can't think of anything else. I mean, there are other options, I guess, but like as far as like especially with if, if it's future facing, it's definitely AJ. If it's present, maybe you can find something else. But like the fact that he's been a real rotation player at 19 on, on a team that's trying to win under Nate yeah. McMillan? Under, <laughs> Nate <laughs> under Nate McMillan. <laughs> what are the odds of that? All right, that's it for part one of a two-part conversation with my friend, Tyler Jones, and I will have much more. And again, as a reminder, part two should be in your feeds right now. So please subscribe to this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, all those fun places. And again, part two should be available right now. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. We'll see you all next time.